Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. Today, we will be exploring the world of self-compassion as we follow a 10-day exercise brought to us by Tara Brach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're hearing the voice of one of two Hannahs, Hannah Hart, and the giggling, joyous laughter of our second Hannah, Hannah Gelb. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. I'm Hannah Gelb. I just wanted to say that for the... Almost the whole time that we did this exercise, Hannah would say, God, I love Tara Branch so much. <laughs> and I was trying to think of how to tell her that it was not Tara Branch, but Tara Brach. And you know what? And then I was like, man, I bet Brach means like wisdom tree or like flower of humanity if you like Google it. And then I looked it up and Merriam Webster was like, this means like ornery bitch woman. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? I can't. I mean, I guess it used to refer to a dog. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. Let me look it up too. I want to see. <laughs> a hound. Oh my God. A female hound used for hunting. A bitch hound. Right? Oh man. Well, Tara Brock is the opposite of a bitch hound to me. She's, she seemed to be really kind of like a life-changing bitch hound, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm sure she's got her shadow side. Oh, I'm sure she does. As we all we all do. Before we dive into who Dara Brock is and why we chose her, uh, let's do a bit of a brief catch-up. Hannah Gelb, welcome to season three of Analyze This Earbuds. Welcome. Season three. We're doing it. We're doing it against all odds. (laughs) And you know what people say? They Hmm. say it takes three seasons to really get your podcast going, like really to know what you're doing and to feel good and to be like, okay, I think we're getting somewhere. Uh, The fact that we're on season three is actually right on par with what people who are podcasters told me when I said I was starting a podcast. So, oh, dude, that's wonderful. And, you know, we've like we've been through a lot. You know, I think we've really uh, walked through a lot of fire trials Un, um, unknowingly, and we've come out the other side. I'm sure there's still more ahead of us, but like, I'm really proud of us, man. Remember when we went to PodCon? Yeah, and man. that was like super hard. <laughs> well, the best part about PodCon was getting a chance to actually meet some of the earbuds. For those of you who are first time listeners, earbuds are how we gently refer to our loving 
uh, companions along this podcast journey. Guys, if you are an earbud that's been here since the beginning, or if you're new, uh, we just want to say an extra special thank you to you for your patience and encouragement, because it is helping us have the freedom to make this podcast the best it can be. So directly to you listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am nodding with my whole body. Yeah, she really is. It's um, mm-hmm. it's vaguely disturbing. Have you ever seen like a like one of those water birds, or a wind a wind sock like one of those dip car car advertisement things? No, no. What like the dip the dip the dip bird? Oh yeah yeah yeah. With yeah, the yeah. top okay. hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get one. <laughs> dip bird with the top hat. Hannah Hart, what are we calling season three of Analyze This? Mm, perhaps Analyze This. Dwa. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just, I love that because it makes me feel like at any moment we're going to fly to the south of France. We oui. And at any moment we could. No, we couldn't. <sighs> no, we really couldn't. No, 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 we couldn't. How the hell are you, Hannah Gelb? How's, uh, how's life? Tell me something. Tell me something fun before we get into this self-compassion richness. Well, I think I told you I'm training for a half marathon. <gasps> Why would you do that? Uh, right. Well, um, first of all, I didn't even know I could. I keep waiting for someone to like lean out of the wings and be like, you can't do that. (laughs) I mean, um, I encourage you to do this, but also you don't have to do this. No, I encourage you to do this. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. I mean, man, do you know how long a half marathon is? It's 13 miles. What what inspired you to train for a half marathon? And also, how do you train for a half marathon? Oh, well, I will tell you. Gosh, it was very lucky. What happened was I picked up my lovely friend, Mina, from the airport. By the way, her name is Mina, but she likes Sailor Mars more than Sailor Venus, which is, it's hard. It's a a lot. (laughs) But uh, she does have a lot of Mars-like qualities. Anyways, so she was saying she wanted to do it. And then I was like, like, if I had, here's the thing. We're kind of just, we're still kind of like becoming close, like in that phase of our friendship. Mm. And if I had like flaked out on not picking her up from the airport, this would, I would not have signed up for this marathon. But I was like, no, I'm going to pick her up. And then we talked and she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this half marathon. And I was like, holy shit, that is what I need. I need someone to do it with me. And now we're both signed up. We went running last week. You may have seen on my Instagram study. Uh, and yeah, and we're, we're doing it. Oh and it's God. been really nice because it, it's so much easier. Uh, I'm so annoyed with myself just saying this out loud. But it is so much easier to exercise when you have a very clear goal and a very clear limit. Like usually when I would go for a run in the past, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to try and run for as many miles as a human can possibly run. Here Jesus. we go. <laughs> So, like, right now, my long run is, is like, three miles. So I'm going to run three miles tomorrow. And then next weekend, I'll run four miles. And between those runs, I do, like, two or three maintenance runs of, like, two, three miles. So it's not like all of a sudden I have to run, like, 20 million miles. You know? It's like you slowly work your way up. And if I can even run eight miles by the end of this, I'm going to be like, I have transcended human limits of boundaries i am a deity i walk on water i i'm gonna be one of those people who's like yeah i look good in pants holy shit oh <laughs> Hannah, Hopefully. Yo, i am i am 
so proud of you. That now I'm I'm inspired to really encourage you to do this. Uh, <laughs> two quick, That's two quick, funny. two quick thoughts. One, yeah. I, what you, outfit am I going to wear? Right. right. Um, but one, wow, you're such a kind person for picking up a casual friend from the airport. Like I, I roll my eyes when I have to go pick up my future bride from the airport. But then again, it is LAX people um, literally voted the worst airport in the country. So, I mean, it's just got a lot of traffic. And two, come on, man. Is there another reason why you're doing the marathon? <laughs> well, um, I mean, to be honest, I've been pretty inactive, I would say, for the past three years. (laughs) And I'm really, I'm not very happy with, like, my body. And, you know, it's hard to say that. And I'm not, like, shaming anybody. But I'm, like, I'm at a a weight that is not my ideal weight. Also, I don't know if you guys know this. All of my extra weight just goes to my stomach and my chin. So... (laughs) it's not it's not good yeah yeah well you know it's as long as as long as you're feeling healthy you know there's a lot and we could we could get into weight culture because there's a lot of people you know maybe stereotypically overweight but really as long as the functions of your body are healthy as long as your blood work is healthy you're a healthy person so this is not at all about quote-unquote fat shaming this is about maintaining the the health and wellness of your internal organs size doesn't matter and if you're somebody whose internal organs are healthy, then you're good, baby. Dude, word, 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 word. Could not agree more. Yeah. How are your organs? Yeah, <laughs> I see what you're doing. They're fairly good. Yeah. I do have, I have, I got my blood work done and I have some uh, high triglycerides. Overall, things are pretty good, but definitely uh, need to cut back on the sugar and the saturated fat. Dude, this is what being in your mid to late. Mid to mid, late, late 30s is all about. <laughs> well, I, you know, you told me about like your, your results from the doctor. And then obviously as your best friend and someone who loves you very much, I started researching and I started talking to people. I'd be like, so what does someone do with high tr- triglycerides or, you know, blah, 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 or high cholesterol or any of that? What do people do? And literally of the six people I was in a room with, four of them were told this year that they have high cholesterol. Dude, it's, I mean, we live in a trash compactor of fucking terrible sugar and corn syrup. And <laughs> and limited movement. It's really And hard. limited movement and limited exposure mm-hmm. to daylight, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was talking to someone who said that they have to schedule time to go outside and frankly, do it. You know, if that's what it's going to take for you get to enjoy some sunshine or even a short winter walk for those of you who don't live in, um, Southern California, uh, you know, but Anna, I'm so proud of you. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. And anything I can do as your friend to help you achieve this goal, let me know any words of encouragement, any things that aren't helpful. Just tell me, dude, because all I want to do is see you, see you hit this desire. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's dude. I really appreciate that. Yeah, let me know. Let me know what's helpful, what's productive and what's not helpful and not productive because you know me, I like to say constant words <laughs> this is true it's very true um yeah I, i'm i also just want to be honest with everyone and say another huge motivator is to maybe have part of a butt because as you know now i have just no i just have the tops of legs as i have said probably in the past <laughs> and this is like an opportunity to have maybe some kind of a butt i'm like dude literally if you do <laughs> if you do 10 squats You'll start, no, just 10 squats a day. You'll start to see your butt pop. 
Dude, oh my god. Wow, those just are ten. Some, that was just a great choice of words. Okay. I'm I'm literally writing down ten squats right now. Honestly, I mean, I love butts, so I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go too deep <laughs> into this. But anyway, listen, we are butt positive, we are mm-hmm. at your own pace positive, and we're health positive. So love the body you're in. As long as you're in it to win it, we're off to a good start. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and also doing something like this is such a direct way to feel uncomfortable because you really have to like, you know, normally before this, if I go for a run, I'd get like slightly in pain and then be like, oh, got to stop. But with this, you really have to push through. So I'm really wanting and hoping like kind of more than anything that this will translate into like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable, like applying for this job but I'm going to do it. I'm going to push through it because I know how to do that now. Somewhat. Somewhat. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, become the Buddha or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, if uh, you, as long as you got, got that Buddha butt, I don't know what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I couldn't agree more. Trying out something new, trying out different practices, different exercises could lead to affecting your life in more ways than you think. Which is why we challenged ourselves to this 10-day self-compassion practice brought to us by Tara Brach. Gosh, she's been through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was struggling with uh, self-esteem and uh, not liking herself and body issues and all this stuff. And then she went to an ashram for 10 years. Yeah, let's do a little bit of background history on who this woman is. Uh, You may have heard of Tara Brach. She has written such books as Radical Acceptance, one which I have been recommended multiple times for my sister, Naomi. Thank you, Naomi. And I I own that book, and I've been on page 25 for about six years. So... This is the time. Now is the time. <laughs> uh, she's also known for authoring True Refuge, Finding Peace and Freedom in Your Own Awakened Heart, and the follow-up Radical Compassion, Learning to Love Yourself and Your World with the Practice of RAIN, R-A-I-N. We're going to get into what the practice of RAIN is as we talk about the 10-day outline. But Tara Brock is a normal woman. She's a woman who went to college at Clark University, double majored in psychology and political science, and then from there chose to go and live in an ashram or spiritual community for 10 years. Jesus. Well, she's also been a therapist for, I think she really like merged like meditation and therapy kind of as like a therapist, Mm. like using those lessons and insights. Yeah, it seems that she brought her what she had learned uh, about meditation and and self-healing during the the years she lived at the ashram. She brought them into her PhD pursuit for getting her PhD in clinical psychology with a dissertation exploring meditation as a therapy modality in treating addiction, which is great. I like Tara's Tara, can we can we call her Tara? I mean, she's not here, but you know. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to have her on the podcast. Oh, that would be so that amazing. would be great. But you know, Gelby, what I really like about this is that it it doesn't surprise me that she has a PhD in clinical psychology, which is you know really the study of the mind and medicine and all these forms, et cetera, and that she's brought in this meditative aspect because I found the way she explains her work to be very grounded. Whereas lots of times when you're kind of exploring meditation or exploring this kind of mindfulness stuff, it can it can be a little bit how do I say this too artistic, Fl- floofy, uh, a little a, a little, little woo woo, a little gossamery gauze crystal shop. Yeah, a little gossamery gauze crystal shop where you're like, <laughs> where you're like, okay, uh, you know. And it really, it, honestly, I think it for me it kind of turns me off. I do. I agree that she has kind of an on the ground feeling about her and. 
this is like brought up so many times when since we've started our podcast, but it's like surprising every time. I get the sense she's like, we're not like all the shit and the mud and the horror spray of life is still going to be there every day. But this is just how to kind of like walk through the horror shit spray, but not be like pushed over and then drowning in a puddle. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. I feel like that got a little dark. That's really beautiful. <laughs> I love the idea of drowning in horse shit. Yeah. <laughs> just a nice visual so lovely. but you're right you know it's, it, it, it has a very grounded approach you know she reveals things about herself like little I, I didn't know her at all I hadn't been familiar with the work and as she kind of guided this 10-day compassion exercise um, she would reveal little things about herself or her personal history for me I found it it's it's hard because sometimes I feel like if someone in this profession tells me about themselves my judge the judge in me wants to come out and start judging them and judging their worth based off their life experience. And actively, when I felt that response kind of start to rear up in me, like, don't tell me about your history. Don't tell me about your past. I don't need to know. I want to imagine that your life has been exactly like mine and I can project everything I heard about onto you and that this, no matter what, is going to work the best for me because in my mind, I'm pretending you had the exact same life as me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to fight against that, that urge. What about you? Do you ever feel like the more you learn about someone, the less it validates them in your eyes? <laughs> I guess I kind of go the opposite way. It's like the more I learn about someone, the more I feel envious and inferior. Whoa. But I feel like that's it's a way to like cut myself off, act as if we're not all having the same incredible, painful journey. You know? Yeah, man. We're not all struggling to keep ourselves afloat in the horse shit that we have created <laughs> as a society. <laughs> okay. So part yeah, of that. Yeah, exactly. Part of that struggle includes having more compassion. You know, the world needs more love and the heart of having compassion starts with having compassion for yourself. So Hannah Gelb, where did you find this? How did it come your way? And what is it? I have to give a shout out to my papar. Gelb, because he actually <laughs> sent me a link to this challenge and said something to analyze question mark. Yeah. So what it is, is it's a 10 day challenge that includes every day has a meditation with Tara and then a practice you can do a reflection on the previous day and then some kind of assignment. And also there's a lot of kind of cool, um, I don't want to say celebrities, but <laughs> maybe like you know, uh, well-known people who are outspoken in the area of compassion, like uh, Elizabeth Gilbert and um, Van Jones. Mm. Right? I, uh, I hope that they start doing this more frequently because we, so for those of us who follow us on the Analyzes Twitter, you can see access and links to um, the exercise we did. What, what I found to be really cool and unique about this exercise is that it started on a specific day. I believe it was January 21st, and it was 10 days of self-compassion altogether. The mission of it being a global movement of generating more compassion. I want to read to you guys the intention behind this practice and what it was. <clears throat> In Tara's words, our vision is to start 2020 with an offering that can engage large numbers of people in becoming more intentional about awakening their hearts and engaging in compassion-based social activism. The clock is ticking on the health of our planet and the medicine for the sufferings we face is found in evolving consciousness learning to move beyond bias and dividedness, realizing our mutual belonging and living from love. This is only possible through first achieving self-compassion. 
you know, I don't know if it's because I was raised Christian, but I have the idea that because I do well unto others, I don't need to do well unto myself. I don't need to have self-compassion as long as I'm being a compassionate friend, a compassionate partner, a compassionate member of society. But what I've discovered is that that is false. That is simply not the case. And if anything, for me, practicing this self-compassion has only made my compassion en masse richer, deeper, more nuanced, and easier to activate. That's beautiful, dude. You know? I'm just nodding because I'm so moved. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, you know, because people are like, well, if you're a, if you're a self-sacrificing martyr, then you're doing good and uh, you're the best and everyone should love you. Eh, that is false. Right. Well, and it's not really, you're not really helping if that's the case. You're acting out of some wounded place for your own benefit. Yes. You're trying to, oh, fucking yes. Okay. So it does bear note that at the heart of this entire 10-day compassion exercise is Tara's, I wish we could call her like, it just, Tara's not the name I associated with this experience. I don't, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying anything. I'll take it all back. Anyway, at the heart of this exploration is the philosophy of rain. Gelby, why don't you tell the people what rain is? I would love to. Yeah. The R is for recognize what is going on. The A is allow the experience to be there just as it is. The I is investigate with interest and care. Emphasis on the care. um, Yes. (laughs) And N is nurture with self-compassion. Yes. For example, you can ask yourself what you need. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like when she went over this, I was like, I can do that. I can ask myself for what I need. Well, what's so interesting about rain and the idea is that you use rain when you feel triggered or for those of you who don't know what feeling triggered is, when you feel tight, when you feel reactive, when you feel removed from the situation you're currently in and instead you feel a response taking over. Or if you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you feel an emotion and then you react to that emotion and then you're like in a spiral of emotion and you can't concentrate on what anyone is saying because you're just like, I'm going to start crying in front of everybody. Fuck. Yeah. Or I'm going to start screaming at everybody. (laughs) Yes. Or I'm going to just be silent and frozen and not going to engage anymore. I'm totally detached from what was previously a nice meal or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So the compassion is to teach us how to do rain in those moments and actions, to recognize, mm-hmm. to allow the feeling, to investigate the feeling, and to nurture it with self-compassion. Yep, yep, yep. And Tara says, I mean, uh, this is so amazing, <laughs> again, and that just the realizing recognizing is the first that's like the foundation of all self-compassion and she's like what is you just you just got there you're already on your way i was like whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so hard the other day literally just to use an pull an example from life and i'm really excited to get into these 10 days so you guys can hear all about them but one of the effects i felt after the 10-day process is being able to do rain in action so yesterday ella was like can you come with me to deposit this check at the bank or no, she didn't say that. She said, what's your schedule? And I was like, what do you mean, what's my schedule? She's like, what's your schedule today? I'm like, why are you asking? What is it? <laughs> and I got really defensive and really reactive. And basically she was saying, do you want to get lunch? Like she was just saying like, da, da, da. And I had right. to like, she was like, 
I don't know what's going on, blah. And I had, I used rain. I was like, let me see if this shit works. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let me recognize what's going so on. Great. I was like, I feel judged. And I was like, I feel judged. And I had to allow it. I was like, I'm allowing myself to feel judged. And then I investigated it. I was like, why do I feel judged? It's because she asked about my schedule. It's because she thinks I'm lazy. And I was like, Hannah, this is the nurture. A, Ella doesn't think you're lazy. B, I love you and I know how hard you work. Maybe if you tell Hannah or tell Ella how you feel about that question, you can explain what it brought up for you. So after a little nurturing, we were able to fucking resolve that conflict within like 30 minutes. Dude, this is like life changing. I know, I know. Okay, so let's get into it. Here are the 10 days. We've been up here in our brains thinking thoughts, but let's get grounded. What are these 10 days and what do they consist of? Well, luckily, there are very clear instructions for every day, (laughs) which is very helpful. (laughs) Each day has its own page, uh, also very helpful. You can tell a lot of really smart, mental health-oriented people created this. Um, So every day comes with a usually a reflection on the day before, a meditation about 12-15 minutes with Tara, kind of on a different aspect of compassion. Uh, the very first day, you're like just kind of learning to breathe and take a pause. Other days are focused on other people. There's also a challenge, something to do after the meditation. And there's also a video for each day mm-hmm. on the neuroscience of compassion. Mm-hmm. So what I really liked about it is each day is basically structured like this. One, starting with a teaching slash meditation where you get about eight minutes of just listening to Tara talk about one of the aspects of her school of thought. So you start with the teaching and you go into a bit of a meditation. The meditation opens you up to face the challenge. The challenge could be writing a letter to yourself or to another. And then from there, uh, you can choose to listen to, and I listened to this in my car because I was like, there's no way I'm going to sit here and watch a video of 45 minutes of somebody talking about the neuroscience of blankety blank. But Oh, uh, please don't. Please don't uh, be out there, listeners, laboring with the idea that Hannah Gell diligently watched all of these hell, videos. Hell to the Nizzo. No I, way. Uh, I would like to, but did not happen. No. Did not happen this week. I'm sure they're great, but they're really, they are discussions between two experts in this school of thought. So I do encourage you to put them on while you're washing the dishes, or if you're doing the challenge, find a way in your day uh, to... To listen to this, but no, I did not sit and watch this video. Okay, very briefly, everybody, for my own self, I wanted to tell you uh, what each of the days are, and then we'll go into our experience with the days. So, day one is about pausing and breathing, learning how to take deep breaths when you find yourself becoming upset or preoccupied about something. For me, I did this one almost instantly because I was at the car dealership uh, trying to get my car fixed. Oh, Christ. I know. Uh, Number two is uh, listening to a teaching about false narratives. And then the challenge was to do something you enjoy for five minutes and savor it. Then you can watch the video about neuroscience. Day three was listening to a teaching and guided meditation about compassion. And then the challenge was to write a letter of compassion from your future bodhisattva self to the place where you're struggling with current emotions. Real uh, I don't know. I took one Asian art history class in college. <laughs> and that's what you got out of it. Uh, yeah. For me, the idea of writing a letter of compassion from your future, like, highest self. Makes you want to barf? Was so powerful. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> How was it for you? 
I didn't even get to that part. You didn't do it on day three. I I, I plan to do it. I, I want to. You do want it. to do it? Okay. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. I got a question for you. Let me tell everybody about the rest of the days, and then we'll get into the actual experience of the days. Day four. Uh, this one's really interesting. We're gonna come to it. But the question is, who do you sense could help most? for you to forgive yourself. We'll come back to that. Day five, to extend kindness to someone you care about who is suffering. Day six was to extend compassion to someone you don't know very well. What the fuck? Day seven, reach out to someone you've recently had conflict with and have a conversation about it. This is like give or take. I mean, we don't know if these people are toxic or not. Day eight, (laughs) challenge, talk to a person who identifies differently from you. Oh, well, I talk to a Republican every single day named mom. Hi, mom. If you're listening, please, please (laughs) stop being a Republican. Okay. No offense to Republicans, but it's not a good look right now. Day nine, choose someone you care about and extend your appreciation, ideally in person. And lastly, day 10, continue offering kindness and compassion and service to a world that freaking needs it. Now, the videos have things uh, like courage and compassion and bridging the gap that divides us. But because this is our podcast, that's what the exercise was. Gelby, talk to me, girl. Did you write these letters? <laughs> what have you been doing the last 10 days? Guys, this has been a very challenging week for Miss Gelb. And I feel doubly terrible because I was the one who suggested this. I actually only got through five days. But the challenge do... you said you didn't do was on day three. Wait, what? Oh, well, I did the meditation. Oh. <laughs> so you did the meditation. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Did you do any of the challenges? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I, okay, buddy, I'm going to say. But I did have good insights. I put them on the outline. I see your good insights, and I can't wait to hear about them. I love it. Tell me about, okay, so in terms of doing the meditation, which you know, listening to the teaching and doing the meditation. How was that? Um, it was good. Or I wouldn't say good, but I, I feel, here's the thing. I just feel like for the past 10 days, I've just felt like a walking wound. There's just been some like life stuff coming up that's been really challenging. So naturally it is the best time to practice self-compassion. But yeah, I just found it. I found, I just really struggled to get it done. Yeah, man. It's hard to work on such a linear timeline, too. You know, as I started on day one, I just kind of re-realized it's so easy to be like, ah, I am embarking on this 10-day challenge. When it's over, I'll be a new person. It's not easy to, like, make time for it, sit down with, like, intention and determination. That is a muscle that is very weak in my body. Like, I have to really work on that. Yeah. That's for like in all areas of life. That muscle is so hard to exercise. From my perspective, I would suggest giving yourself more freedom. For instance, I would do all three of the activities completely separately sometimes because I knew that with my schedule and my brain and my stress, I'm not going to be able to do all three at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I was driving to the grocery store, I'd listen to the meditation and I would just do deep breathing and stay conscious while driving. And I'm sure that wasn't maximum benefit, but it was more than the zero of tapping out, which lives deeply and darkly within my body every moment. Yeah. And and I would say it probably was still really beneficial, you know, or, you know, you, you said like, well, I was driving and I probably oh. didn't get the full benefit, but you probably did get the full benefit. You were still doing exactly, it. Exactly, man. Exactly. So you maybe know? if you if you do want to try and do each of the activities in the challenge or that sort of thing, maybe just try breaking them up. 
and also if you're PMSing, don't start this. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> Just wait until you feel better, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. Okay. So what happened for me on day one is I started doing the meditation and then I, I was like excited to do it, but I was also in like thinking mode. So I found myself like pausing it like every six seconds to like write down something she said or write down some thought that had come into my brain and like like I just I felt very like oh and like this came up and I have to improve my relationship with this and that and with sleep and okay I'm gonna listen I'm gonna listen to this whole thing and not just to stop it every six seconds and that's kind of what made me realize to just do one thing at a time is something I also need to practice because it's kind of the best way to do anything What's wrong with stopping it to write stuff down? Well, I just felt like it's probably, I mean, good point, dude. Probably nothing. But it did kind of get me out of the, like, breathing. You know, it just felt like I was distracting myself. Mm. I will say that the first eight minutes of each meditation was a teaching lesson. So I also paused it and wrote stuff down a lot. Mm. During the meditative state aspect, I did try and, like, stay focused in my body. But everyone struggles with this. And I encourage everyone to not judge the way they engage with things. If you're engaging and the best and the most engaged you feel is when you're jotting stuff down too, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Well, what came up is I really just think I overthink. That was, I mean, I think you're probably right. I am maybe judging myself. Or if if part of your mind is overthinking, then writing something down is a great method for staying present. Well, I guess I would I would like to have thoughts come up and then and not feel this like, oh, my God, I have to write that down because I might forget it. Because that to me feels like the opposite of like noticing things and not being reactive. That's kind of what I was going for. Mm. And also, it just made me think, you know, I think I'm going to have to move down from the brain and be more in my body in this. Fucking bodies. I think thinking like trying to think my way into being a different person is not going to happen. Like I have to feel it. Mm, you know, mm. that's kind of what I'm going for. Oh my God. Yeah. I see what you're saying, which is that like, it's fear-based wanting to write something down, not in- right. not inspiration, connection-based. Right. It's more like, oh my God, if I don't say this, like then the podcast will fail, blah, 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 blah. you know, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, you probably will have an know. easier time with it once we're done doing it for our show. <laughs> probably. Or it was, it's like not like, yeah, it's like needing to be super good at this or the best or the most witty or have all of these amazing things to say. Just, yeah, just not like being present. It's just a way to not be present, I guess. Yeah. My relationship with writing is that for me, writing feels like a way to express my presence. And what I'm hearing you say is that for you, it feels like a way to remove yourself from the present. Right. In in this like particular moment. In this yeah. particular moment. Wow. You know, the first day that really sticks out in my mind was day three, which was writing a letter of compassion from your future self. When writing the letter from my future self, something that I was surprised by was how much comfort I found in my own comfort. Like while I was writing this letter from my future me, being looking back at current me, being like, I see you struggling. I know what you're going through. I promise it's going to be better. It like suddenly unlocked this feeling of companionship. And this realization that I know everything that I've ever been through. I know me and I'm always with me. And it led to me actually looking in a mirror and saying, I know, I know, and I'm here. And it felt like 
having a companion, because something I really struggle with is this like very deep sense of loneliness. And this unlocked the realization that I'm not alone because I myself have always been there. Wow. Dude, that's like level 100 <laughs> of mindfulness. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm saying like that was like this epiphany after day three. Is that like- You're like, well, I no longer have to feel the horrible existential feeling of loneliness. Well, no, it's rather <laughs> look at this response I have that I can tap into now, this tool in my toolbox. You know, I'm not going to be able to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be in my beautiful studio looking in a mirror if I'm in the middle of an airplane or if I'm in traffic and triggered or if someone at the DMV spits in my face. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, totally, totally. That didn't happen, did it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But it was just like... <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It, and and I, had, I just, I guess I had never thought of myself as a friend, you know? And that... Yeah. That was really, I don't know, it was really powerful for me. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, that for me was like, mm-hmm. a, I don't know, a, a, a powerful moment. I mean, I think most people don't see themselves as a friend. I mean, I think in, maybe it was number three, Tara Brax telling the story of how she knew someone in college and that person said to her, I'm becoming my own best friend. And my first thought was like, who told her she could do that? <laughs> like, what? Who did the teacher say it was okay? Like, and that really made me feel like, you know, sad because I was like, I still struggle with feeling like I can give myself permission to do this. You know, it's a powerful permission. And it feels stupid. I mean, it feels stupid also. And partially probably because we live in a horrible gasoline drenched hexes misery society. But like to be like, I'm my own best friend. I mean, you know, it sounds dumb just saying it out loud. But like, (laughs) it's not dumb. (laughs) Like That's what's radical about this. It's what it's actually like very intuitive. But again, because of our gasoline-soaked misery hexa society, we're like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It is radical. I mean, now I understand why she calls it radical compassion, you know, because that it is radical. And and I encourage anyone listening, and I encourage you to do this too, Gelby, please, you know, try looking in your own eyes. Look in your own eyes in the mirror and say, I love you and see how that feels. Look at yourself and say, I love you and see see what comes up because I was like, oh my God. I felt like I was closing a loop that I didn't realize had been left open. What I loved about the day four, talking about rain, was how she told the story of the Buddha and Mara, the kind of shadow personification, and how the Buddha was like, I'm not afraid of you, Mara. Let's have a cup of tea. Like that was so powerful that I actually found myself throughout the week visually like inviting my feelings into like a nice kitchen and Mm. giving them a cup of tea and having them sit in a chair and being like, what is going on? Mm. And like them saying things. I mean, and that was okay. That's if I can do that, literally anybody can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm still struggling with being angry at myself for not completing this and not doing all the parts, but just doing the part I did really allowed me to feel a little more light and also see things with more humor. Like when I was at work one day, I was so, I was getting like full of rage. I was like, I hate everyone. I hate all these people. And then I could kind of see how silly it was. Not even like me being full of rage, but just like all these people in an office running around as if that's like some objective reality and we didn't just create it arbitrarily. And also as if like any of this stuff is that important, you know, like I could kind of laugh at that. And I could even kind of laugh and be like, man, I am the best at 
beating myself up. I am the you best. Got a real at skill set there, man. Being full of rage. And it could kind of like feel a little more loose and like lighter. Yeah. You know? Dude. So it's like good stuff, man. You guys should really do this. <laughs> that is good stuff. I mean, I love that. You're the best at being, boy, I sure am really good at being full of rage. And like, right? and I'm really good at feeling fear and judgment. Hey. Yeah. Fucking the best at it. Uh, quick note for those of you who don't know, the goddess Mara is um, the goddess of anger, doubt, greed, all those things. So basically the Buddha in the story invites Mara in for tea. So Buddha is doing something. He's either pre, you know, he's out there doing his Buddha thing. And Mara he's appears. floating around. And ever, just fucking around. Mara appears and is like, what's up, Buddha? I'm here to fuck up all your shit. And Buddha's response is, hey, Mara, I see that you're here. Come, join us. Instead of yes. trying to reject it. So bada bing, yes. bada boom. And in the meditation, Tara says, I see you, Mara. Let's have tea. Like, I see you there. Let's have some tea. It's kind of like she said, you just got to pick up that snarling, spiky, poisonous animal and just hold it gently while it tries to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> and cradle it as it tries to bite your whole face off. Yes. Uh, but she does, she does supply a strategy for that cradling um, in this challenge because, I mean... It was challenging, Hannah, because it's a challenge. Like, let's all remember that. This is a challenge. Oh, dude, you're so right. Also, you know, I just kind of realized, like, particularly for Americans, I think we should acknowledge how difficult and radical it is to accept yourself as you are because you're basically born and then every day, every message you hear is like, you're not good enough. And unless you're a beautiful, white, able-bodied, cishet, fit, successful rich person you suck and even if you are those things you could probably be doing it better right so even even to attempt this challenge is like an act of revolution yes even though it's like the most it's like how we should all be raised how every human should be treated from the second they're born we think it's crazy or like it's radical because it's so different from how we've learned everything Yep. Society is built by people who thrive on getting you to think you need improvement. Our society is a capitalist structure to put money in the pockets of people who already have money. Okay. So like all of the, all of the messaging that you hear about yourself in society can be really toxic. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, Hannah, which is why it's so important to take time to connect with your inner world when the outer world bombards you with so much. Right. And that's what's going to save the world because it'll stop everyone from buying shit from Amazon that they don't need. And then... <laughs> yeah! 2020, save the world. Save the world. Holy shit, Hannah Gelb. Save the world. Save yourselves. <gasps> Is that our our sign-off? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, I really like it. I really like it a lot. Ooh, can it also be... a um? <laughs> That uh, Hillary Duff song, Let the Rain Come Down. But it's about rain like the rain of compassion. Oh, yes. Let the rain come down. (gasps) Or, you know, something Ella and I like to say when circumstances are out of our control and we just have to kind of nurture ourselves through it, we like to Mm -hmm. say pray for rain. Oh, oh, God. And also, you know, what's great for times like that is listening to that Adam Ryan's. No, wait, wait, wait. Ryan Adams? Ryan Adams. (laughs) Ryan Adams song that's called Shadowlands and it's like God please bring the rain yes yes <laughs> thank you thank you earbuds for listening 
<laughs> Remember to pray for rain. And if you guys need further encouragement and anecdotes, please head over to our Twitter. We're at HanalizePod. You know, actually, or you can follow me, Harto, H-A-R-T-O, or Hannah Gelb, Hizzle Gizzle, spelled Hizzle Gizzle. I, every day I think about changing that. I love Hizzle Gizzle. <laughs> Hizzle Gizzle's the best, baby. Oh, and last but not least, make sure you head over to our Patreon if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash analyze this. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. And next week, we're going to be discussing the trials and tribulations of wedding planning. So if you haven't yet, please click like, rate, review, subscribe, make this one of your favorite podcasts, because frankly, we're some of our favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>